Hey guys, it's me, Ben Magnet. Welcome to another Fake Nerd Guy special. It's just me today. Um, I have on the phone with me a really good friend of mine. She's an artist. I've been trying, to, I've been wanting to get her on the show for a very, very long time. But sadly, our schedules were, <laughs> they were at war with each other. So I finally have her on via the phone. Amazing artist, Miss Christy Shin. Christy, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. I went to Stan Lee's LA Comic Con. Yeah. That's a mouthful because I changed it from kamikaze, which I actually prefer to say, but that was an intense con. Mm -hmm. And then I had a couple of intense days, and this is my quick little break before I go back to intensity. Oh, joy. Yeah, we were at, um, we saw you at, uh, at Stanley's LA Comic Con. We also saw you at WonderCon. And did I see you at San Diego, or did I miss you at San Diego? You might have missed me. I I don't know. I think I met you briefly. I think so. Because I know I met you at San Diego a few years ago, right after we just right after we first met, and then when I went back to San Diego, I think I just barely missed you because I was only there for a day that one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in it all the days because I was going and showing my book Personal Monsters, mm-hmm. and also another reason why I'm tired is I'm doing a Kickstarter and. Hey, if you ever want a roller coaster and feeling, there you go. <laughs> oh, trust me, we're getting into all that sort of stuff. And also, you're tired because you just woke up. I'm tired because I'm I just got off of work. And also, we're recording this at eight thirty three in the morning. So, listeners, if you happen to hear like doors opening and stuff like that, we're recording in my living room because my girlfriend is asleep. My roommates are either asleep or waking up or just getting ready. So, please bear with me. I am sorry. Oh, totally. <laughs> Thank you, Christy. Well, anyways, um, one thing I actually, I've always wanted to know is, when did you first start becoming an artist? I have become an artist since I was a kid. I loved that lay there and drew stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. My mom would say, oh, you're so talented, you know, the typical. But it's one of those things, like, you know, I kept at it, and, you know, throughout all my life, uh, for the past well, almost a decade, I've been working professionally now. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I'm pretty... Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> did you um, did you go to school for art, or did you go to school for something completely different? But art was just one of those things. Like you know, this is something I enjoy doing, so I'm just gonna just do this for funsies and do the other stuff to get my degree and whatever. To be honest, I actually did it all my life, and I did go to school for it. I went to University of California, Santa Barbara for art studio and film studies. Woo! And art studios, on, yeah, it's a multimedia. The multimedia one, so it wasn't like a specialty one, like fine art or you know graphic design. It kind of gave us like a whole inroad to everything. Mm-hmm. So it was advantageous because I got to pick up everything in art that I could do and kind of adapt to it. Um, I know a lot of artists sometimes they'll go like, "Well, I'm not really internet friendly or savvy or whatever," you know, because they never learned the programs or never got familiar. I did and that's enabled me to kind of jump in and just do everything I needed to do to get it out there. Very nice. Very nice. Now there is something I've always, another question I've really been burning. Your style is very, very different. Now me, the guys on the show, my girlfriend and I, we go to cons as much as we humanly possibly can. And we love going through our styles and seeing the different styles of art that different artists do. Your art specifically to me, it's very burnous. I know this is audio, so you can't. We can't really see stuff. I mean, of course, when we put this um, special up, we'll we'll post pictures of some, some samples of your work on Instagram, so people say, "Oh, this is what he's talking about," and links to your website and everything. 
but I have to say, mm. it your art is very Tim Burton esque to me. Is he one of your influences, or am I completely off the mark? You know, I never was influenced him as a kid in college. I think we all liked him because he was weird and spindly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also another a lot of artists during that time that I really liked following at the time that, you know, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and stuff. But, you know, I mean, yeah, you would draw them like to kind of see how they did things, not make, I'll make a note, this is not copying or plagiarism, you know, actual studying just to see how that artist went about how they did what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any artist does that. But the thing is, is that when you teach your own style, it can enrich your own style. And again, this is not an advocation not advocating like copyright infringement or something. It's actually like, you know, you see those artists like hardcore, like when I went to Paris and I went to the Louvre and all that, some of the, I'm trying to remember the one um, museum I went to that was really awesome. It was a smaller museum than the Louvre, but I saw an artist copying another painting. They were actually there with a needle, they were watching and they were painting like, like they would paint a person or a soul eyes. But they wanted to see how the, because when you're an artist, you watch the brush strokes, you watch the inclines, you watch anything to see how they constructed like deconstructing a building deconstructing like even a food if you eat food like oh i taste a b and c the art the cook did this so for me there was a lot of artists that were specializing in the spin weaving i think probably one of the artists i really enjoyed as a kid was edward gorey edward gordon Stephen Stephen grammel or Stephen grammel mm-hmm. he was the one that did scary stories to tell in the dark and he had these drawings in there that just were dirt and hair and stone. And you didn't want to touch the page. That's what made it good. Yeah, and let's see. Uh, if you're not familiar with Edward Gorey, he did do an animated spot on mystery, like the intro. But I always read all these books of his where it was a kid, and I can't remember the series, but it was about a professor and two children, and made like battle these Lovecraftian type horrors, and he actually would illustrate the book. Well, you just so said two of them. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to yeah, interrupt he, you. I'm just saying you just said one of Ryan. If Ryan were here, he would be like, "Oh yeah, Lovecraftian. He loves Lovecraftian, uh, uh, Cthulhu sort of things." Yeah, I, I don't know. Remember the title? It was when I was a kid when I was read it. But I'm sure if you looked up Edward Gorey's uh, uh, bibliography, I think that's the right word for it. I think you would see it. And you know, when I learned more about Gorey, we were kind of like, I wouldn't say kindred spirits, but I really appreciate the man because he enjoyed being weird. He would do whatever he wanted to do. Hey. Like he, have an, he even had a mummy hand in his house. Oh, really? I don't know how he got it. Yeah, he had a mummy hand. And apparently, like, he had a mummy head to go with that mummy hand, but it got lost somewhere. Huh. But apparently, his house is haunted by him because the people that curate his house are going like, yeah, we hear him kind of go around in the night. So that's awesome. So I think Evergore is awesome. And he would just wear a fur coat. He he sounds awesome. I mean, that's a, some conversation piece. You walk into his house, you talk to him, and he's like, "Hey, what is that?" It's like, "Oh, that's my mummy hand." You want to see the head? It's in the closet over here. Uh huh. Well, I have even like I guess for a while, like um, I picked this up at Designer Con. It's a place with adult toys, not adult toys, but adult figurines. Oh, <laughs> figurines oh. that adults collect. Okay. So- yeah. I th- okay. Yeah, my mind went to when you said adult toys. It didn't go to like those adult toys. It went to like the actual like the the really well made figurines that you keep in the box and you don't open because if you open them, then their value just plummets. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, I do have to differentiate. Although it's kind of funny because we're such nerds, we just went to the other meeting, not the actual commonplace meeting that people would go to about mm-hmm. risque things. Let's say, 
but um, they actually had a black doll of his, and it was a replicate of the black doll, and it's this armless black figurine. It looks really weird, and it's called the black doll. Ooh, sounds creepy, too, and Halloween was last night. My goodness. Well, it's funny because I don't find it creepy. I find it kind of adorable, but everybody else was like, get that thing away from me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I spooky doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't know. Spooky. It's weird stuff. Hey, hey, look, there's an awful, horrible Satan demon painting. Oh, that looks cool. <laughs> That's my reaction. Different I mean, pe- I, I even sometimes, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say different people, different tastes. That's you do you. You know, I, I guess I'm so weird that, like, I was watching videos of the suicide forest, like, people going there and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, wouldn't that be fun to go with a spirit board? And I told one of my good friends, and she's like, no, 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 F your face, no. So I told her, and I told her, so you want to go, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are, are, we're talking about the suicide forest that's on the at the base of Mount Fuji in Japan, right? Yeah, it's an Aiko Gara, I think. That's what mm-hmm. it's called, Aiko Gara Forest. And it's a beautiful forest. I think I would like to go anyway. Because it's really pretty. It's just got that weird thing about it, like that murky, sad feeling about, you know, people going there to die. And I kind of wonder what draws people there. I mean, I've always been a fan of looking into the occult and the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what powers my drawings. Um, it's not that I draw demon crap or anything like that. It's just... You know, I'm not afraid to kind of tap into pe- something that people don't want to go into. Like, I see a lot of artists, they do the cute, they do the adorable, and hey, that's fine. I mean, cute and adorable were great. But for me, I just never wanted to do that. I just thought, like, you know, that's the road where a lot of people go on. I'll go on this road. But I didn't want to go on the road that people did the goth, the dark, the skulls and bones. I mean, to me, I felt that was, I mean, that. That was kind of like on the same parallel as cute and adorable. Like, okay, that's a world common travel. I'm not dissing any modes of art for that. It's just for me, I wanted to go down another path that was weird and dark, but I think it was kind of funny at the same time. So, esen- <laughs> so essentially an even darker and even weirder rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, because it was interesting. Hey, why not? <laughs> I mean, I get bored easily. <laughs> Well, I have to say your your art style is definitely something that is completely different from what I've what I've ever seen. And actually, I want to talk about your books. You have on your uh, website Horror Studios. Actually, when did you start Horror Studios, if you don't mind my asking? Well, I actually had it under a different name, Carmine Studios. Okay. And I thought, hey, you know, but I thought there's obnoxious town going, "Hey, Carmine, get over here," you know, or whatever. <laughs> but um, there was actually another Carmine Studios that existed, so I put on a combination of Horongi, uh, which is a tiger in Korean, since my ethnic background is Korean, mm-hmm. and Tora, like the war cry in Japan, but it's like also a tiger, so I put Hora Tora. Because when you think about it, um, a lot of my artwork that I was influenced by was manhwa initially, because that's a Korean comic form. And then there's manga, which is the Japanese form, or, you know, also translates into anime, you know, in the animated bit. Mm-hmm. So it was manhwa and anime that kind of merged together and created, helped me, influence me a lot. Because when you look at Korean manhwa, they do look similar to anime, mm-hmm. except they got a more organic style. They're more rougher. It's not that it's any less elegant, but it's more, I would say, more not strict to form than when you look at some forms of anime. Like, if you look at Naruto or if you look at 
Yu-Gi-Oh, you see it very solid. Mm-hmm. And it's not loose. Like, the only person that I would think would be loose would be um, Amano, or Shitaka Amano. He did the concept art for Final Fantasy VI and Vampire Hunter D. Oh. Do you see his? Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he still love... draws that way. It's very loose and calligraphic. As a big Final Fantasy fan, I love that man's art. Oh, yeah. I even have a tarot deck with his stuff on it. Oh. I have not opened it. I, I want to, but at the same time, I <laughs> want to get a crappier conditioned version of it uh-huh. because I can't open it. No, you got if you save that thing and it's mint, in, in mint condition, don't open it. Just don't. Yeah. I mean, I took the books out because it was already unsealed on that bit. But the cards are still sealed. So it's like, Ooh. I want to take it out and use them, but can't. Because I collect the tarot decks because it's also, it shows me format and symbol. Oh, sure. Symbolism and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, uh, yeah, I really love them. Um, I, I like that. So, yeah, those are the styles that I've been influenced by. And also, I think I got tired of people saying, well, you need to do this with your artwork. You don't need to do, you need to do that. Not necessarily like, you know, okay, you need to build up your anatomy or something. I mean, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. that's helpful. I took a lot of life drawing classes. But the thing is, is that when people kind of, it's kind of hard to say because it's tell, but with a lot of artists, what's unfortunate is that people want to kind of put them in this box. And I understand you want to brand yourself and go out to a certain audience. But I don't think some artists who are otherwise very talented are given that freedom to go and build their own style a lot of the time. You know, but I'm not saying there aren't any. It's just that I've just been noticing that in the art community. Uh. And they kind of, I've seen a lot of artists kind of second guess themselves a lot, which I find kind of harmful to them. So would you say that's kind of like the uh, um, personal critic monster that's featured in your book, Personal Monsters? Oh, yeah, Enter the Critic? Yeah, (laughs) that that happens a lot. I mean, it used to be so painful to me. It would feel like it was stabbing me in the face. Oh, that jerk. Well, I actually want to talk to you about Personal Monsters because when I first saw you at Comic-Con way back in, uh, what was it, 2013, I think? I think so. I believe so. Yeah, so back in 2013, I saw you at Comic-Con. I got your book, Personal Monsters, and I flipped through it, and I'm thinking, oh, hey, I know that. I know that. I fought with that. That one sucks. Now, how did you get the idea? Like, tell, like walk me through how Personal Monsters came into being. Well, um, I had dealt with a lot of very dysfunctional people in my life. Mm-hmm. And... I got to a point where, you know, okay, I dealt with it. I dealt with it in the best way I could, and, you know, through all the regular channels. However, what didn't help was that I also had a support system for a majority of people that were like personal monsters themselves. And that messes with your head. And they would say little things like, and I make it a point to when I talk to people, because a lot of people do tell me similar incidences in their life. I tell them what I've learned, which is, you know, a lot of the support system would be like, you need to just get over it because this person, you know, you just need to get over it, which is great, but how? And number two, it's like, all right, well, you told me how. You told me that I need to do it. But then in the same line, they say, but I want to stab the person. Hmm. So kind of like a two-faced bitch, which is one of the monsters in your book. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just not great. It's kind of messed up. 
Yeah. And do. I'm not really happy about that. No. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes your friends can be a lot more awful if they're not the right friends that really honor you for being you. Mm-hmm. So, it's really, it's kind of crappy. I mean, it, it's just not really good. And I, I don't, I don't like that. And personally, you know, just being told, get over it. I've noticed in society, we get angry. Mm-hmm. We express anger. And you think, oh, yeah, that's fine. I'm good. But sometimes when you just jump in between the two, you don't really give it space or deal with it and just say, you know what? This person really hurt my feelings and I'm mad because of this or whatever negative emotion you might have. We don't take the time to connect and say, okay, that, you know, this person made me upset. They made me upset by their actions. And then you can just let it go easier because you've processed it. But instead, and that's called making space. That's what I've learned. Like you make space for it. You honor that. Okay. And you let yourself be mad or whatever for whatever and how long you need to. And then you let it go. And you may have to repeat this procedure many times. But, you know, people are just into the getting angry and expressing stage, which I've actually started to read. It's not very healthy or good for a person, to be honest. It's not great because it tends to uh, make you be in this hole of getting mad and just reacting. Mm -hmm. And even though reacting is part of it, you miss the process of being honoring with your anger or whatever bad things you have. Like, you know, during the Kickstarter, I am highs and lows. <laughs> Come <Yeah>. on. <laughs> and somebody once asked me on it, my ask me anything channel, mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, what's your personal monster during this? I said, Oh, uh, inner critic, anxiety monster, puke monster at the moment. So I actually felt a little queasy during this whole process. Mm-hmm. But you know, the thing is, is that I had to honor it. Like, okay. Like, this morning I was tired and I was stressed and the Kickstarter, you know, oh, okay, it's at this point and, oh no, I'm going to fail. Oh no, this is that, you know, but it wasn't like I was, you know, um, what is it? Um, wailing into it or coddling it. It was just more, okay, I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Let's just move on, mm-hmm. you know, and just let myself feel it and just not resist those feelings. And I didn't try to bury it or tell myself I was stupid or that I will never, ever, ever get over this. I will not, you know, and even if I did have feelings like that, it would just be like, okay, all right. I have those feelings. I know why it's okay that I have those feelings and let it just pass. Okay. While I worked on my Kickstarter or did my work or ate breakfast, mm-hmm. you know, and they're going to stay for as long as how they're going to stay, yeah. but they're always going to be gone. If you let them just, you what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I am glad you mentioned the Kickstarter because you do have a Kickstarter up and going right now. It ends on November, where's, oh no, it just, there it goes. Ninth. It, it ends on November, November 9th, 9th which, is, which is, which from the time of this recording is eight days from now. We're going to try and get, the, hopefully we'll get this recording up and running sooner rather than later. But you were, your Kickstarter is for the Personal Monsters Deluxe Edition. Am I saying that right? Or is it like Luxe? Oh, it's just Lux. Lux. <laughs> so essentially, it's a deluxe edition of Personal Monsters. Is that safe to assume or safe to say? Yes, it's got four more monsters on top of the book and new cover. Mm-hmm. And it's got Demon Bitch in there, if I can say that here. You know? So, uh, yeah, it's got some of her stuff in there, like some printed uh, comics of hers. Okay. 
Now I was I was gonna save Demon Bitch to the end because she because I follow you on Instagram and I see you post stuff about Demon Bitch a lot. How the hell did you come up with Demon Bitch? I need to know this. Oh, it was based on wenches. I really hated. <laughs> um, <laughs> particularly, like I've I've met so many, and again, this is based on narcissistic women, and mm-hmm. I've known quite a few of them. And oh, trust me, me too. I, I, oh yeah, yeah. So it's like even my other friends that are women, they start laughing. Said, "Dude, this is all the bitches that were mean to us." And I'm not talking about mean, like. Oh, they were nasty to you one time, although that could be very well part of it. But that awful, passive-aggressive, sort of giggling, like, I need to torture you type thing. Like, I'm going to say something really nice to you, and then I'm going to just say something mean to you when you least expect it. Like, I used to have a friend who was a real asshole that way. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, and I know it might be bleeped out later, but she, she was weird because, like, she could be friendly and nice, and that was fine. Like, we were friends for a long time since college. And I got to a point where I got so – I think what it was is that hers was always relationship. She was always a friend of me. And she would say little things, like we caught up one time, and I said, oh, yeah, I have a house. And she's like, oh, I have a house too. And I said, even though like it wasn't like more of, oh, I have a house and rubbing in your face but for me to her, I was like, oh, yeah, things are great. I have a house, I have this, I have this. I'm really happy. I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. She responds with, yeah, well, I have a house, too, and it's got three bedrooms, uh, three bedrooms, and I've got some cats, and I have a hot tub. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, so she's and trying I'm to like, one-up. So you're like, oh, hey, this is what I have. This is really nice for me. And then she's trying to one-up you. Yeah, and it was really weird. It was like, I mean, it's like I dealt with feminine jealousy all my life. I mean, I dealt with masculine jealousy too. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but it's so weird. It happens so much. And you're thinking to yourself, what did I do to deserve that? But that's their problem. It really is. Mm-hmm. And I know that logically you can think that, but it's like, you're wondering like, what's messed up with me if you've been dealing with it all your life, you know, but really I'm telling people who've gone through this or are going through this. It really isn't you. The person just has issues. I mean, there's another one where I was telling her I liked somebody, right? Mm-hmm. This person was that I had liked, this guy, was really sweet and really kind and everything. I mean, I didn't follow her advice, but she would curse me and her other and our friends. That's how much of a butthole she was. And I told her, you know, and all this. And it's like this person even ac- accompanied me when I had to euthanize my cat of old age. I mean, you know that's hard. Mm-hmm. Like having a pet that you love very much and has been through 17 years of your life with you. Oh, of course. And the first word is... Yeah, and I said, I think, you know, this person likes me too, blah, blah, blah. And the first words out of her mouth were, oh, yeah, well, and I would be, just be like, oh, I'm not listening to you. I'm just waiting you for to finish talking so I can talk, which is mm. rude. And she was like, oh, well, don't do it. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Oh, wow. She is a bitch. Yeah, she's really terrible. So, you know, it was like people like that. You know, I'm not going to say it's of her, but... People like that, that mentality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I've known people that were so narcissistic they thought they were one of the most beautiful things on earth. But they were, their actions were so ugly and mean and messy that you're like, how can you think you're really beautiful when, you know, you do this? And and I hated it when people would shrug their shoulders and say, well, you know, those, there's a sucker born every minute. But I'm like, that's still not right. 
that's still not okay that they go and damage people. This is not okay. So that's why I drew Demon Bitch. Yeah. She's a bit. She's a demon, and she's a meat sack you can punch. <laughs> and not get in trouble or arrested for. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to be accused of being this or that, the other thing. Nobody really likes demons, and even then, you know, if you want to look at ancient culture, demons are still dicks. They're not always the greatest. They may not be the epitome of evil that wants to tempt you and go to hell. They'll mm-hmm. certainly screw with you. I mean, look at, I forgot his name, I think Ryoku in Death Note. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. No. Nope. He's a dick. You yeah. Know? He just says, you know, I'm just going to let you do it because he even admits to the kid, I'm just going to let you do it because I want to have fun. Uh, this amuses me. Yeah. But, you know, then, you know, and then we know that, and I'm not going to ruin it for everybody, but I'm pretty sure it's been out and out. But, they, they, they're just, yeah. I mean, it, it's so funny because they're just going like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go do this and that, the other thing. You know, it's like they just want to screw with people, and so demon bitch came of that. And she's narcissistic, but she's narcissistic to the point of extremely being stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's great because she wants to, she wants to bring the apocalypse, and she can't because she's too stupid. <laughs> but it's funny to watch her try. No, just listening to you describe a demon bitch, it just instantly reminds me of a Rachel McAdams character in Mean Girls. Ever seen, have you ever seen the movie? I have not, but I've heard plenty of references to it. Yeah, she's like the... That's the character's name, right? Yeah. Oh, no, that's the actress's name. I, for some reason, I can't remember the character's name. But essentially, she's just like, yo, I'm like the head bitch of the school. And then she like tortures Lindsay Lohan's character for the whole movie. And it's it's actually a pretty pretty funny movie. I quite, yeah. I'm, I have to say it is a uh, is quite hilarious and uh, hits some notes and it rings perfectly with Demon Bitch and I have to ask Demon Bitch is designed those like little pasties or those like duct tape X's over her I mean oh yeah I've seen t- them in fetish clubs so I did that you know <laughs> okay and I've seen people that I didn't like wear that so I was like okay you're wearing that and it was just like I imagined her body. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Sausage Party, the Frankfurters. So I imagine that. Okay. And and then I imagined um, that it would be like Marilyn Manson, but at 50, trying to fit into fetish gear. <laughs> I that, mean, he, he doesn't look well, bad for 50. But, that is you something know, you I most, mean, that is something you don't hear every day. <laughs> that's an image. That's... I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's like gross. No, 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 no. 50. You're not the same at 20. It's just, it doesn't quite work. You have to kind of do it a slightly different mm-hmm. way. No, I was going to so, ask you yeah. about Demon Bitch's design, like, how, or even design for your other monsters. Like, there's this other monster, like a depressus and anxiety monster. I mean, Two-Faced Bitch. I mean, yeah, Two-Faced Bitch, she's evil. But how good, can you tell, tell me, like, to go or walk me through the process of you, when you design a monster? Like, how many times do you, like, scribble something on a piece of paper and say, oh, hey, it's cool, or, oh, hey, this sucks, and tosses it over your shoulder? You know, I don't do any of these things. It's just I go by feeling. Oh, okay. So with the depressives, mm-hmm. I've gone through depression depression before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all do at some point or another. I'm going to note this. I mean, this is not to denunciate anybody who actually has depression and condition. Okay. Um, I think, you know, as normal human beings, we do have several, at least quite a few depressive moments in our life. Preach, sister. Depression as a condition is like, you know, as a condition is kind of onto itself. So, but for me, having, I've gone through depression. Um, the thing is, is that it's like, for me, when I got the, I remember the last time I got depressed and I remember that things were actually going fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I was 
nothing was terrible was going on, but I just felt sad and I felt nothing will ever get better. And, you know, logically I was telling myself, okay, you know, this is going on, that's going on. People are liking my work, blah, 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 da, 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 you know, na, 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 you know, all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, I am so sad and I am so upset. And I don't think anything will ever get better. And literally, that's why I had this dark cloud over the, good, <clears throat> excuse me, dark cloud over my head like a head crab. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly a head crab, but it's like that kind of concept of head crab covering you. And then the little claws are coming out, and they're just forcing you to just not be happy. Ugh. It's like pulling your face down into a sad, sad, sad expression. Yeah, I'm... and like you see the crying because you're constantly feeling upset and sad. Life is not worth living. Even though life is very much worth living. I mean, look at Alexander McQueen. He was a designer that I think killed himself like several years ago. It's And he was amazing as a designer. And he was on top of his game and he killed himself. And, you you know, we had decided to say, why did he kill himself? He's so happy. Sometimes that's how it is. It's just you have this condition. And I don't know his life. I didn't know him personally. But it's just no matter what you try to do, it, it you can't be happy. Nothing is going to make it better at that moment. So that's what depressus was. So it was from that feeling. This fucking dark cloud. Excuse me, that's the first death bomb. And <laughs> We're only allowed just, one, Chrissy. We're only allowed one. All right, good. So I use that one. And it just pulls your face down so you're sad and crying. Mm-hmm. Even though your life is going great. Yeah. No matter how hard you try to get out of it, to talk yourself out of it, to say, okay... You know, I'm, I, sh- I know I have got a lot of good things. And sometimes I have those moments where I just feel really upset about something and I'm focused on something that I would, I'm not saying that is perfect. I mean, we all go through it. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, I say, hey, I've got all these other things. And sometimes it makes me feel good, but sometimes it doesn't. And that's okay. I mean, I'm not saying that you should be depressed all the time. I mean, if it's an issue, it's an issue. Definitely address it. But sometimes you just got to go and deal deal with it in that way you know just sometimes you have to know okay in the space right now i'm not happy and you know you could take a step of going into therapy or taking medication whichever works but you just got to do that you know mm-hmm. and that's all i got to say for that mm-hmm. okay wow I, i'm honestly i have no idea what to say to that yeah i mean to me i draw from feeling i don't yeah. necessarily draw from you know, oh, it's this. It just comes out. Like with mm-hmm. personal monsters, it just came out. Yeah. Cause... So I can't tell you like, oh, and this is, I mean, sometimes I'll draw it out and make a couple of adjustments, but it's, I just draw from my feelings mm-hmm. and just let it happen. Yeah, like, cause... oh, it's going to be this way. Yeah, because as you were describing Depressus, I'm looking at, at uh, Depressus right now on your Kickstarter page. You have a photo of him up here. And we're telling you how he's like constantly holding this um i'm assuming it's you your 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 feet you're like your mouth down like so you're always like sad crying and it's just kind of like taking over your it's old head this slime coming out like tears yeah you know? and like, the way you're describing it it's i'm just looking at it going holy crap i see everything now yeah i mean that was when i drew when i had a depressing moment damn i mean it's like you know and it's like it's hard to say because depression can be so many things mm-hmm. i mean i'm not you know, it's not just about being sad. You can be fuzzy, disorganized, tired. It's all the things. But mm-hmm. it's on the spectrum of sad and upset and lonely and all. It's, it's not fun. Right. And it's like a 
situation where you can't feel happy. And, like, you can try to be happy, you can watch happy things, and you laugh, but it's all out of impulse. It's not out of it's, – it's all out of um, kind of going through the motions. So it's like they say, well, why do depressed people smile all the time? Because And they're in a group we never knew. They were always laughing. And I'm not saying just because you always laugh, you're depressed. This is something else. But it's like when you're that sad, you're trying to not only go through the motions of being normal and just saying, hey, you know, this thing is supposed to be funny. I'm laughing, really. And But you're hoping that that would make you feel better because they tell you, oh, you know, if you smile – That'll make that'll improve your mood. If you laugh, that'll improve your mood. And that's partially true, but if you're suffering with depression, you're just like you're just going through it. It's just mm-hmm. like you're acting. Yeah. I know this is deep. But <laughs> I was about to I went to like, t- I was gonna talk about your art, but hey, I yep, art well art is feeling, right? Yeah, and the thing is is that I think why my book resonates with many people, it's not just I'm just an angry monster and stuff. It's like wow, I really felt this way. You mm-hmm. drew my feelings out, yeah, you know? Uh, and I think that's important. It's kind of like, I hate to say it, but like, let's say if you get cancer, you don't know what's ailing you. You don't know what's bothering you. And even though the news is bad, like, oh, I have pancreatic cancer. You know, it's at stage two, stage four. At least you know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So you can go ahead and cope with it. Right. Or fix it or deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I think with these monsters, it was really good on that. I mean, there is this one 19-year-old girl, and I talked to her, and she kind of sounded like she was going through what I went through when I wrote the book and drew mm-hmm. it. And she said, well, I have all these friends, and they act like this, they act like this to me, they do this to me, I'm really upset, blah, 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 you know, I'm hurt. And I said, well, okay, it's okay to be hurt and let yourself be sad and hurt and angry. Because you know what? If you don't deal with it now, which this is what I mean by dealing with it, you don't give it space now, you don't honor it, it's going to go into other things. And let's say let's say somebody doesn't do the dishes and you're angry at them. And you might be a little upset with them and that's okay. But the thing is if you haven't dealt with all the angry, awful things in the past, that's going to bleed onto that person or thing or pet or whatever. So I told her you need to deal with it now and you will deal with it in however way you need to. But I'm telling you, it is totally okay. You are not stupid for feeling upset, hurt, and angry. You definitely have every right to express it. And yeah, you could say, screw those people that hurt you. You can definitely, but you have to understand they hurt you and it hurts for a reason. And it's totally fine. And I will tell you this up until 19 to 30 years old, you will be just really stupid people that will oh, be friends with yeah. you. Oh yeah. And they say, oh, yeah, when you get older, you have fewer friends. Well, you know why? Because you've eliminated the jerks. You know who you are. You know what you will take and not take and what is acceptable and not acceptable. I said, view that as a very good thing. So after 30, people actually grow the hell up. Mm-hmm. And she <laughs> looked really happy. And she got the <laughs> book because of that. And and I don't know. I think maybe what's been boiled down to my mission in a way is that I think a lot of people walk around really angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see this in our political spectrum it's not how we vote necessarily. I think it's how we react to people that have been voted in. As I said, it's okay to be mad. It's okay right. to be upset. But we have this self that dumps onto everything else. Why are we reacting the way we do when we even go into the big end? I'm not going into politics. I'm just saying, like, I think probably that's why a lot more mass shootings happen. A lot of hurt feelings. It boils down and it bubbles down and then it pukes everywhere. Or it ha- and enables them for their highest or for their highest purpose in life, and if I need to sound metaphysical. But I'm, and there's, 
there's a term in the spiritual community because I've been looking into this myself and dealing with my own stuff. Um, it's called spiritual bypassing. It's like you don't give honor to your feelings or space to your feelings when you've been hurt. And I see this in the metaphysical, spiritual, and religious communities a lot of the time where let's say if somebody is horrible to you. Like let's say if um, your dad molests you, right? Or a family member molests you. Oh, you're supposed to forgive them. It's like, well, that's nice. Well, forgiveness is mostly about for you, not them. That's great. But can I go through my hate pile of how they hurt me, how they messed with my life, how it warped my relationships with people? You know, can I go through that anger and upset Molly? And it's like, no, you just sit there and you just say, you know what? I'm really angry about this. And you have a calm period. It's like, okay, I've processed it. This is my decision now of how I'm dealing with this now. And a lot of times in those communities, and especially in regular society, we say, well, we forgive, we forgive now. You, we're, you're totally absolved of everything. It's like, no, that doesn't mean that. Forgiveness is a process. You know, if somebody has done something really awful to you, forgiveness can be many things. Like, it's like forgiveness can be like, I forgive you, but I'm not letting you in. To if you got hit by a bus or got hurt, I wouldn't care. I don't care about you. Forgiveness is that too. There's many flavors of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So I want this book to come out the way it's right. And it's, they need to process it. And this is how you process it. Back in a back one at my, my first comic con where I saw you, there were quite a few moms sadly connected with on a personal level because of things that I was going through in my personal life at the time. And yeah. I completely understand that. I mean, wow, personal monsters. This is sure as hell getting personal. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And that's the thing because it's like, I wanted to do that because I wanted to get that going. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, I was so angry about the situation that I was in. I was so angry. I was hurt. And everybody was telling me, well, it's your fault. Even when Mm -hmm. I was night, even when I said, Hey, this person legitimately did something wrong to me. They said, Oh, well you were just too nice. I mean, what is that? So we're victim blaming somebody, you know, that doesn't make it any better or any okay that that person hurts you. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you can't do that. Right. I mean, there's one thing about claiming responsibility, but claiming responsibility is not victim blaming. And, you know, okay. If you have a person, let's say if a person constantly allows somebody to be hurt them over and over again, all you can do is really say to them, like, you know, look, every time I see you, you're this way. And maybe you ought to start thinking, like, maybe how to better communicate what you need. Because you don't know all that person's life. Right. You don't know all that things. And the thing is, is that if I force you to do something what I think is best for you, would I be any better than that asshole? But the thing is, is that if you just tell a person, hey, kind of think about what you're doing, I think that we're, that's a better fit for them. Hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Me, I may feed um, about personal monsters. That and uh, you wrote a book that when you're just made me laugh. Why don't we go on an asshole safari with you? <laughs> um, Brandon and Ryan saw some of your sketches at a Stanley's LA Comic Con this past weekend. They were flipping through. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just you know I just kind of just let myself just draw what I wanted to draw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It was> like. <laughs> In the context of the situation, I draw what I want to draw according right. to specifications. Right. Like, say if this person said, hey, I wanted to draw this and that. Well, I'm going to draw as myself in that situation, mm. you know, or what I would think a person would act in that situation. 
I have to say, oh. when when I saw on Instagram Demon Bitch dressed up as Sailor Moon, and I am a Sailor Moon fan. This is not a hidden, this is not a secret thing. This is common knowledge. I am a Sailor Moon fan. I saw that. And I'm yeah. sitting, sitting there looking. I was like, I don't know whether to laugh, whether to cringe, or whether just to get the moon stick and just vaporize Demon Bitch right then and there. And beat her to death. I don't care. She's a demon. <laughs> she is a demon. Now I keep, I kind of feel bad because after we ta- talked about all that really deep and personal stuff, I'm looking at the cover of Personal Monsters Lux Edition, which, t- to be honest, I actually l- prefer than the other than the first cover you did because I assume it's you uh-huh. on the cover, and I believe it's Depressus and the Puke Monster. But instead of you yeah. looking sad, you just look pissed off. Yeah, right, I mean it's just because. No, uh, were you really trying to draw your... It's more of a detached sort of like, oh, yeah, you again, because I've dealt with you so many times kind of thing. I've okay. seen your kind a lot. Okay. But I think also the cover, I kind of wanted to make this awful, gross flesh bag of cover. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was um, on the phone with a friend when I was drawing the cover, mm-hmm. and, you know, all the rips and tears and blood and broken hearts and everything. And my friend was talking about something that personally hurt her, Mm-hmm. And I got, I mean, I think as people, we kind of absorb more things from other people than we'd like to admit. So right. I was just drawing all the hate and the hurt that she was telling me she was mm-hmm. going through on the fucking cover, on the freaking cover, you know? <laughs> it was like, I hate you. I want to stab you. Like, I mean, she wasn't saying that to me, but it was like that kind of level of intensity. So yeah. I just drew this really awful, like bloody, pukey, fuchsia color with red everywhere that looked like ripped up flesh and hurt feelings. <laughs> Put it on the cover. They even put a dagger with blood, like on the as a tattoo. Yeah, I I see the dagger with blood on the back cover. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at your Kickstarter page, and the good news is is that you're almost halfway there. Yeah. To to your yeah. goal, and this when this gets loaded up because we're recording this on um, November 1st, so there's eight days left of the Kickstarter. It closes on November 9th, 2017 at 8.45 in the morning, Pacific. And, um, oh, God, I just had a, I had just had a question. So when people donate, like, what is what will people get? Like, what's what would you recommend? Is like, hey, if you're going to donate to my Kickstarter, this is what I recommend because you get this awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Um is Kickstarter for, like, for the Kickstarter, if you want the book, print and the book. Okay. So you get Demon Bitch in a sexy pose, mm-hmm. which kind of makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth. But if you have... It, um, at this point, Demon Christy, Bitch it's in, Demon Bitch. It's, every time I see her, I kind of throw up on my mouth a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just nasty. You know, she's just an awful person. Oh. But <laughs> she's truly terrible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's just, like, this awful, awful person. And so it's like she's... She's posing with, she's going to have this really sexy centerfold pose. She's not naked. I really didn't want to inflict that on people. But uh, <laughs> thank she's you got for this that. Pose where she's, yeah, yeah. She's, she's got this pose where she's lying there with cocaine and vomit and heroin and a discarded tie. <laughs> heroin, she's just like seeing there, seeing there with a dream. And the other <laughs> one is, um, and the other one is actually the full. A lot of people seem to like my sketches, so I done ten fifteen dollar one, ten to fifteen dollar ones. The ten dollar mm-hmm. ones are not in. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is for fifty dollars, you get the pin whore collection. It's just all collection, but a lot of people are really for enamel pins. Mm-hmm. So that's all the pins I've ever made okay. in uh, personal monsters. Yeah, because the broken glass. Heart. Yeah, because right now we have the inner critic, um, one that looks like a heart, which I can't remember the name of, and. 
One that I know that is probably not cute, but for some reason I kind of find it cute a little bit and a little funny is Anxiety Owl because Anxiety Owl knows you. I don't know how he knows me. He just does. Well, I drew that when I was experiencing a bout of anxiety. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and it was staring at me, so I made it into a pen. Yeah. So it's like, he knows you. <laughs> and then there's another, so many people love that one. And then they have one, like some people really like $20, I'll draw you as a personal monster. Uh, but the $25 reward is the most popular one, along with a $10 and the $15 reward. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also the $35 reward where you get a book, a pin, and a that one. And then there's the $50 book, which is the two books, pin and a print and a pin. $50 for a print and two books. And so Sepulchre is one of, other is your other book, correct? Yeah, my graphic novel. Nice. And that's about a woman whose husband tries to kill her by cutting her throat, but she comes back and she wants to kill him. Joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I write the most enlightening things ever. <laughs> you wrote a book called Personal Monsters. I also bought your uh, sketchbook, or that's not a sketchbook. I would call it more of an art book, uh, A Murder of Crows. And on yeah. the cover is... That's also part of the room. And also is on the cover is a crow with a knife in his chest. So... Yep. Yeah, you definitely live up to the name of, or you definitely made that book live up to the name of Murder of Crows. By the way, even though the pictures may be a little bit contrary. It's like, stab the crow, stab him! It's so metal Mm -hmm. that a bunch of crows, like, kind of popped in my head. Oh, here, a murder of crows, like a literal murder of crows. Like, they've been, and Russell, Russell Nolte and I, Russell from Wannabe Press, we got into this quibbling bit. Actually, it wasn't that much of a quibbling bit. He liked the book. He did the foreword of the book. That's why I'm mentioning him, mm-hmm. too, is that he just said, he just said, like, no, they are murdered. They're not murder in the process of getting murdered. And I'm like, I don't know. It's a murder of crows. It's, it's a murder. A, it's a joke that became literal, that became another joke, that puns upon puns upon puns. Yeah, my brother-in-law, he has, he's always a very happy, genial guy. And he said to me with a big smile on his face, like, you're really drawing dark things, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, t- to be honest, I'm the kind of guy where if I see two crows just, like, hang out, I would always, like, nudge my friend or my girlfriend and be like, oh, hey, guy, hey, look, attempted murder. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that, too. <laughs> but a murder of crows, it's just they're just killed. It's, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It's just funny. I've been told my work is so extra. Oh, but oh, that's what makes it. Well, I can I can guarantee you from me for me this is definitely not actually this is definitely next level shit right here. Yeah. Yeah. So personal monsters yeah. Lux edition it's going on Kickstarter. So just Google or just go to Kickstarter like search um personal monsters Lux edition people will find it right there. Yeah, it's a Lux edition or personal monsters illustration it's the first one that pops up when I checked it. Mhm. And Horror Tour Studios, that's your website, where all your stuff currently is there. My homepage. Beautiful. It'll be on the first page. That is beautiful. So if you were listening to this with Personal Monsters, with The Murder of Crows, Sulpicur, um, Caligula, I Am Told Story. Oh, for Caligula, it's uh, Caligula, Imperatore, and Sanum. Yeah, that one. That's... James, the writer, he oh. put that up there. Oh, that's you collaborated with that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. But all your stuff is on is on there. It is for me. I enjoy it. I really, really do enjoy it. And I definitely implore listeners to check just check it out, see if you like it, and also check out the Kickstarter because I personal monsters. If you have ever dealt with any sort of 
like personal demons like myself or Christy have. And I will, I have to say coming from a personal, personal standpoint, this book does kind of hit the nail on the head in more ways than one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah it was meant to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I believe uh, that is it. So Christy, thank you so much for, uh, Waking up at the crack of dawn to talk to me for about 45 to minutes. Stop working. You need to sleep because I'm like, <laughs> eh, don't worry about it. That's, that's what happens. So that will conclude this. Oh, Christy, where can people find you on the Internet if they want to uh, find you? That sounds totally creepy. I, I meant social media wise. <laughs> Not like find you, find you. Oh. That's, that's, that's creepy. Oh, it's um, horrortourstudios.com. Mm-hmm. You can go there. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Horror Tour Studios. Beautiful. And as always, you can find me, Ben Magnet, at BenMagnet27 for everything that mean, that means Twitter, Instagram, stuff like that. And also, don't forget to listen to uh, the regular episode of the Fake Nerd Guys podcast, which when this episode comes out, or when the special comes out eventually, we'll be doing Thor Ragnarok next week. Christy, are you excited for Thor the Ragnarok like we are? I'll probably hold up doing stuff. All I'm doing. But I, it's not that I'm not open to it. Okay. <laughs> now, out of curiosity, when is your the next convention that people can find you at? Uh, I'll be at DesignerCon. Okay. I will be in the artist alley mm-hmm. or the artist building, mm-hmm. and I'll be there. Right. So mm-hmm. if you happen to be going to DesignerCon, look for Horror Tour Studios. You'll find Christy, and you're like, hey. Also... And it's like, hey, I heard you on, me... on the Fake Nerd podcast. I don't know when that'll get you, but that'll definitely make my ego feel better. <laughs> Let me see what hall it is on Decon. Mm-hmm. Decon, we're looking at we're looking at Hall C T C three. Awesome. With awesome sauce. Thank so, you. <laughs> Christy, thank you so much and you have a great good one, okay? You too.